0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 25 of the Skill Trades Playbook. I'm your host Juan Caroso, author of the At Your Best Playbook series. In this episode, you'll listen to my conversation with Tim Spurlock, president and co-founder of the American Diesel Training Centers. I'm convinced that by the time you finish listening to this episode, you'll agree with me that... American Diesel Training Centers not only has a great model for reducing the shortage of diesel technicians across the U.S., but a training model and an infrastructure that should be replicated to address the shortages that we're experiencing in all the other skilled trades across the country. So, Tim, tell me a little bit about yourself and... The American Diesel Training Centers. Uh, how you came up with it? How just a little bit of the genesis of it, but how you came to the uh, the whole idea of it.
1: I um, I grew up in a little uh, little small town in uh, in southern Ohio in Appalachia. Um, I um, graduated from Ohio State, and I was lucky enough to get into the business of educational publishing, and I spent twenty five years in educational publishing. And the beautiful thing about educational publishing is is you learn how to talk to a lot of really smart people about a lot of different subjects. And from 2009 to 2017, I ran sales for a, I would call it a boutique global company that produced automotive and truck courseware and curriculum for schools. So if you were, excuse me, if if you were a school offering an automotive or a truck, Program, we would, um, we would try to go sell you our curriculum. And it was a very nice company, very successful. We had lots of customers and we had some, we, we had a, a, a whole spectrum. We had the biggest players in the United States down to little small, um, high schools or community college. So I've seen the name brands and I've seen a little school in the middle of Nebraska somewhere. And, and what was so obvious to me is that there was nobody in these programs right there, there there were there especially the diesel programs there was nobody in the diesel programs and then i i started getting really interested in it and doing research and it completely validated my assumptions and so the interesting thing is is that on the other side of the equation um we produced the truck curriculum and you know we rolled it out in about 2014 probably and we started having companies call us and they would say We'd love to buy, we'd love to purchase your, your truck curriculum. And I would say, well, it's built for, or my salespeople would say it was built for a one to two year program. It's thousands of pages. It's mountains of content. Um, it's built for schools. I don't know if you want that. And they would say, we don't care for hiring people um, off the streets. So I'm thinking there's really a problem to solve here. There's nobody, nobody's in classrooms learning how to become a diesel technician. Um, Companies are desperate for diesel technicians and the content being produced is really built for a two-year program. And so um, I have no mechanical skills whatsoever. Um, But my business partner, who I've been friends with for years here in Columbus, Ohio, which is where I live, he, in my opinion, is the best truck engineer on the planet. His name's Chris Ellis and he was the... Assistant plant manager at uh, the Crown Jewel Kenworth factory in Chillicothe, Ohio. Guy could literally build a truck with a spare hands and he probably could name every part in the truck. And so I just came up with this idea to model what we do, what we could do loosely after the computer coding boot camp model. Right where where we were producing, and this is what companies would tell us all the time we listen to companies, is, is they would say, like, we don't need somebody to rebuild engines. We don't need somebody to rebuild a transmission. We need basic stuff. We need a good attitude. We need good work ethic. And we need, we need to, keep, to keep trucks on the road. So we need brakes. We need preventative maintenance. We need um, uh, electrical. We need diagnostics. And so that's what we did. We just decided to put together a business that would... Um, really changed the way that diesel technicians were um, both recruited, which is really the important part, and I'll get into that later, recruited and then trained. And so we, um, we officially launched the business in early 2017. We were funded by our investors in our first pitch meeting. It um, took about 30 minutes to get funded. Um, we got back on an airplane and said, wow i guess uh i guess we're doing this and since then um we've become one of the largest producers of diesel technicians in the united states we started out and um you know most comp- pretty much all startups do this we started out with one idea and it's kind of morphed into a better um uh, idea and so um we started out with two brick and mortar facilities one in columbus ohio one in cincinnati ohio but then about a year ago um, really, due to just market demand and calls that we would get. In fact, the first call that we got was from in, in your home state in Michigan, was companies would say, "Can can you can you put a school in 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 Kalamazoo, or can you put a school in Phoenix, or can you put a school in in Fort Lauderdale?" And we would say, "Well, that's a really expensive endeavor, and we don't really know that that's the best way to do it now, based on what we know." So we figured out a way to uncouple our recruiting, training curriculum methodology and just embed it directly inside of, it could be a company, it could be an independent shop. So we essentially now bring the school to use. So, you know, picture a, 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 a diesel technician version of Uber or Airbnb or Rover, right? It's, it's the sharing economy. So we provide the knowledge, know-how and capital um, intellectual capital that we uh, use to build a business, our, our partner companies provide the facility, the tools, um, air and power, air and power, and away we go. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a, you know, longer than Cliff Notes version of really where we came from and what we're currently doing. Um, we, and one other thing we've, we've lo- we're now in, we've now run implementations and by the end of this month, it'll be 20 different cities in the last eight months.
0: Fantastic. So, uh, just to be clear, the Columbus and the Cincinnati facilities are company-owned. They're they're within the framework of American Diesel Training, and then all the other facilities are uh, partner-owned or partner facilities uh, where you've done the technology transfer associated
1: with that. Is that that's correct? Yeah, that's right. We call our Columbus facility, both facilities, there are are centers of excellence. So really, it's kind of like the mad scientist tank, right? That's where, that's where we, 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 we work on curriculum. We work on new methodologies. We work on new strategies. And, and remember, our curriculum is, it's, it's roughly 300 hours. Um, there's a, um, uh, a very effective, intensive online portion, but 85% of our curriculum is hands-on. And so we really perfect the curriculum in our company-owned locations, and then we execute it, again, whether that's partnering with an independent shop or whether that's embedding inside of a large client.
0: And so how, what's the, the split between the, the embedded into, smart, uh, into your clients, um, like Star Trucks, I'm assuming, is one of those those types of, arrangements as opposed to one of these independents is that do I have it correct in terms of how you would split the, the types of facilities?
1: Yeah, that, that would be right. I mean, it's probably about 75%, 25%, 75% where we would embed inside of a specific company and solve their technician problem for them, right? the The other 25% is where we partner with really super high quality shops who essentially they provide the infrastructure for us to, quote, run our brick and mortar programs out of their locations.
0: I saw that you customized for Star. You turned your twelve-week program into a five-week program. And um, is that more of what you do with regards to when you're dealing with a partner? Uh, That where you're embedded in their facility, you're basically solving their problem with a customized version of your training program. And then for the other types of facilities, you're basically replicating what you're doing in Columbus and Cincinnati.
1: We believe um, that our program is most powerful when it's supplemented by company-specific information, right? So... You know, if if we embed inside of let's say a, 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 a truck dealership, right? You know, those those I can't call them students because typically they're they're gonna get hired on day one. We can get into that. They're gonna get hired on day one by that company, but they're exposed to so much more and they would be exposed to in one of our brick and mortar buildings. Meaning, you know, they're going to get to use the the specific OEM software. They're going to know the culture of the company, right? They're going to know basic stuff like where's the you know where's the bathroom, where's the break room, right? They're going to know. They're already going to get to know their managers. So um, they're going to work on that type of equipment, right? So if it's a if it's a Kenworth dealer. They're going to work on Kenworth equipment. If it's Freightliner, they're going to work on Freightliner. If it's a Star Truck rentals, they're going to work on all kinds of different stuff. So there's only so much that we can, so much specific that we can cover in you know our kind of traditional school, which is why we think the embedding inside of the employer is so much more powerful. But yeah, that's you had it exactly correct.
0: Excellent. No, I I, I see the model. How do we apply the model that you're you're creating to a number of other trades that are desperately in need of folks but it seems like a perfect way to solve the problem which is enabling the people with the need the 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 truck dealers or those who have the need for the for the technicians with the skill set and the platform to ramp them up with a, a a clear visibility as to the prospective employee Um, and their skill sets as they ramp up so it makes a lot of sense i'm just i'm i'm very interested in in your thoughts on that tim the more i i i delve into what you're what you guys are coming up with it just seems like something that could apply to a lot of other trades as well is there any discussion in that respect
1: that's the beauty of what we do and so you're actually the first person who knows this outside of our client but um we are, um, we're currently in the process of moving into power generation. Um, again, so you're, you're talking, you're talking very similar, uh, you know, type of work. So, you know, some generators are diesel powered, other generators aren't. But again, we're not training, we're not training, you know, A technicians. We're, we're training, we call them, they're C-level technicians with a high ceiling. So we're in the process of uh, um, uh, building a curriculum um, that's going to be done here in the next probably six weeks and i can't tell you who i can't tell you where but in mid-september we're going to launch with our first power gen partner um, the american diesel training center's power gen curriculum so the exact same thing exact same recruiting exact same recruiting profile exact same people we bring in Um, and so we also are in the process of, of building, um, a third vertical probably can't be specific about that, but a third vertical. And if you thought hard enough, you'd figure it out. But that's the beautiful thing is there are so many different, there are so many different trades that this thing, that this model can apply to. Here's the key though, the, the partner, the company, they have to understand what they're getting, right? We, we, we call it a, a, a C-level technician with a high ceiling. So there has to be the commitment. And really, I don't care if somebody graduates from a community college, a for-profit, or our program. There has to be that commitment from the companies to additional training and development opportunities. And I think that's one of the challenges that we've had to face over the past 20-plus years. It's a lot of companies, the first thing to get slashed when when things get tight, it's the training budget, and I would make the argument that that's the last thing that should be slashed because of the return on investment that you get from upskilling an employee. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we could probably sit here for the next forty five minutes and 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 pick off industries that could use this exact same model
0: great um, let's let's shift this a little bit because I, I want to take it in kind of the order as to from a logical per, logical flow perspective um, how this will probably work into the the podcast episode but one of the things I'd like you to talk about um, let's talk in terms of the prospective student employee type of, of uh, perspective and so one of the things that you that you call out in in the materials that I've viewed is this uncovered pipeline. I love what you just I love the concept of what you speak to because it's what I truly believe exists out there. This the skills gap represents a tremendous opportunity for folks that they just don't realize how to take advantage of it. And I think by talking about the uncovered pipeline, you you kind of show you know shine a spotlight on these tremendous resources out there that aren't being tapped so tell me a little bit about the uncovered pipeline that uh, um, American diesel training has uncovered
1: there's a a great um, YouTube video production and you may have seen it it's called success in the new economy it's about it's by a guy named Kevin Fleming who is at Norco College out in. uh, you could have him on your show Um, uh, he's, in, he's at Norco College out in, um, out in the uh, L.A. area. And, I mean, long story short, but, you know, I mean, due to the whole, um, you know, the college for all mentality now, 65% of high school graduates go on to some form of post-secondary education straight out of high school. The, the problem is, is that only 25% of these people actually graduate, right? The rest... Um, drop out life gets in the way and typically they're saddled out of the gate by in many cases insurmountable student loan debt right and so um, that's one of the challenges so you've got 25% of the people who are actually graduating four year colleges you have 65% you have have another um, 40% who are no longer there and then you have the 35% who never went in the first place so you, you know we always thought like, what? Well, why? Why do schools? And yeah, I mean, there, there, there's there's adult education programs and there's continuing ed programs and all that stuff. But all schools recruit for your 17 and 18 year olds, and we just crazy, right? So we actually, we actually, and we take, you know, we have 18 year olds come through the program, um, and we've had some phenomenal 18 and 19 year olds. But we like, we like 25 year olds. Like we like people to have some life experience. We like people who have successes. We like to have people who have had some failures in life. But I think the unifying thread is you really can't teach maturity, right? And I think that the the kind of the the real untapped piece is, is A, the numbers are just bigger, but B, the folks who come to our program realize that this is their shot, right? It's like, you know, when you take a college class at the age of 35 versus when you're 18 i guarantee you're pretty much there every day you're probably sitting in the front row and you're taking notes right you know when you're 18 you're probably showing up late sitting in the back maybe not paying attention but it's just the, it's it, it's it's really the same concept is that is that um you know a lot of our folks the majority of them they have families they have obligations they've they've made some mistakes right and but again the unifying threat is is that They know that they can get this right, and that's what we love about it. I could sit here until we were both blue in the face and tell you story after story after story after story of a person who had been um, let down by the educational system, didn't know what to do, really didn't know they had any options, and and really the the real key, and we'll get into this too, is they don't have the time. You can't take a 27-year-old mom with a couple kids and make her – Go to a community college campus for two years for an associate's degree. It's never going to work. Not when you have companies willing to hire this person for less than associate's degree. So that's really what we love about it is, is it's time and money. If you if you if you reduce the time and you either reduce or completely eliminate, which we do in many cases, the cost. There's your pipeline. It's a real simple concept.
0: Just to put a fine. Um... Uh, point on the time and the money. Um, it, yours is a 12-week program, and on the money side, it's, you said it's either free or what's a maximum cost. I, you, I've read and I've seen $500. Is that really the
1: number? Uh, we either call it free or freedom, right? So, I mean, many companies realize that it is the best investment they will ever make to sponsor an individual to come through our program. And they may sponsor them at the front end. They may sponsor them at the back end. But at the end of the day, that individual leaves with not a dime of debt and a job, right? Now, we, we do have folks who come to the program who say, hey, you know what? I And, and we'll place it, We'll place that, that person I was originally talking about with a particular company. The second would be the individual comes in and says, hey, I want to pay cash. Um, you know, I want to finance this myself. I want to be able to go choose who I work for, right? I want the freedom to be able to go choose who I work for. And we do that. But as we know, and this is one of the biggest barriers, very few people that come through our program can afford to pay. Our our, our tuition is it's uh, it's $8,000. So very few people can afford to just kind of pay that out of pocket. But some do. I, I want to make sure that we're clear about this, right? So let, let, let's separate, again, the, the, the two models. Model one is kind of the school model, whether it's a, it's a brick and mortar, right? Model two is, is we embed inside of companies. When we embed inside of companies, these folks don't pay a dime. They're hired on day one by that company, and they are given paid training. There's zero, zero cost to these folks.
0: Great. So earn while you learn type of thing. And so the mistake I made with regards to the 500, that, where did that come from?
1: It was a $500 uh, materials fee, and then the balance of the tuition was 7500 which is where you get 8000
0: Okay, so the 7500 is either through a sponsor. So every student that isn't paying the full boat is sponsored. So I'm, a, I'm somebody that's interested. I go through your selection process. You guys say, I'm, I, I've got what it takes to start your program. Um, I haven't, I don't have any, uh, any connections with anybody. So I don't, I don't have a sponsor today. Where do I, how do I go about getting into your program if I don't fit, if I don't have a sponsor at that point?
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, we, this is one of the great things we've done is that over the past two plus years, we've built a pretty broad portfolio of local and national companies who participate in this program with us, right? So, that we're, now, th- I think the difference is is we're selective about who we take, right? So, it's a pretty rigorous interview process. Like, we want to make sure that you really want to do it. And so, um, there, there's, a, there's a phone screen. There's a face-to-face interview. You know, we got to make sure you really want to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you come into the program, again, you have two choices. You, well, first of all, and again, I'm talking brick-and-mortar program here, right? You have two weeks to decide if you even want to do it, right? So two weeks, you want to bail, doesn't matter. We're good with that. After that, you then need to decide, do you want to pay out of pocket or do you want to enter our employer pool of companies who we will place you with?
0: Excellent. And and so if I haven't gotten in that two-week time frame, if I – I go go through it, get some aptitude towards it. I realize that this is what I want to do. I still don't have a sponsor, but I go into your pool at that point. Um, I become available to your part- uh, your employer partners to select me as one of their employers in the future. Now I understand, and so that makes a lot of sense with regards to where's your business model if you're not getting funded by the students. How does, that, how does that allow you to build your classes at, at the brick and mortar? A little, just one, one question with regards to your, just to put it in context, the business model that you guys have with regards to additional training centers, do you see yourself uh, going beyond the two that you have, or is it focused primarily on in-partner in deployments of your technology and your program?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I I think right now just because um, we just think that it suits our um, it's it's better for our partners is that's where we're focused more on is embedding inside of partners. Um, but we'll continue we'll continue to build out our you know I mean we call them joint ventures. Even I don't even know if the proper term would be joint ventures. We'll continue to build out that program where we spot, where we partner with really good, solid shops around the United States so that we always will have a footprint too.
0: Understood. Understood. It's just from my perspective, it makes sure that there's not channel conflict and all that kind of thing. So it seems like the, the program that you're pursuing now being embedded or partnering is one that allows you to scale your solution broadly and aggressively. And I see no yeah I not that i not that you 're asking me for my advice but it uh it makes a lot of sense with regards to your brick and mortar and i don 't know if you can speak to the other programs but it, um, just watching some of these uh, videos you 've got a two class period process where you 're allowing people to you know work forty hours a week but also join or pursue your training program, which makes a lot of sense. Um, is that something that's being replicated in your partner sites as well? Forget about the embedded ones in, in locations, but more in the uh, other training centers.
1: Yeah, in kind of the brick and mortars, yeah, that, that, that's exactly what we do. So, um, because the funny thing is we started the business, we, we were like, we're gonna run this just like a job, it's gonna be eight hours a day, eight and a half hours a day, and what we found was that people would come in and say, we can't do this, I, I have a full-time job almost all of our students are working other jobs, right? But, but they're working what we call, it's high effort, low skill, low wage jobs, right? And our goal is to, is to move them quickly into same high effort, high skill, high wage jobs. But yeah, so that's exactly what they do. And we really, when we, when we start them out, we'll typically kind of gauge, you know, should we offer an evening class or should we offer a morning class? And typically, evening classes work best because most people work first shifts, so they'll they'll do their re- it's, it's, they'll do their regular job, and then they'll come to class for you know four and a half five hours a day. And, and some people they'll ask us, they'll say, "Well, why why is it only you know two hundred and seventy five three hundred hours?" And our answer is because these people are completely gassed, right? When you ask them to do twelve weeks, they're working 16, 18 hour days. They've got families. I mean, it's a huge commitment, and I mean, I think that that's why companies like us so much is essentially it's a twelve week it, it's a twelve week working interview, right? I mean, we see we see these folks for twelve weeks. We keep um, you know, uh, well, first of all, you don't miss too many days and are allowed to stay in the program. Number one, but we know these people, right? And we we know their work ethic and we know. The, the the right place, the right company for them, right? You're going to place a different person with an independent shop than you are at a truck dealership, than you are at a leasing company. There's a place for everyone, and that's why it's so nice that we have eyes on these folks for 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 you know ten to twelve weeks to really see where where is the right place for them.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's switch over to the employer. The employer benefits, because I think um, just as we talk about the student, it's self-evident. The ability to have the flexible training, uh, the, the, the hours, I should say, not, they're not terribly flexible from the perspective of the commitment that they have to make. It's uh, it's daunting just to think about it. But um, from an em- employer perspective there, you guys have a portal that allows employers to get visibility of, of the students' progress and so on. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so um, again, we're, we're very transparent um, with our employers in terms of the type of student that we produce. And I think that's that's one thing that, that, we, that, that we do and we always will do at our brick and mortar facilities is A, we're selective about who we take. B, um, we monitor their progress frequently um, and see if somebody is, and we realize that life happens, right? We get it. But if, you know, if, if somebody can't, um, be in class every day for 12 weeks or 300 hours, we're not sure they're going to be that great employee that somebody's looking for. So, you know, if you look at it like a, you know, look you know, Chris, my business partner, he always says he was in manufacturing. I mean, it, 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 a 2% absentee rate in a manufacturing environment is just completely unacceptable right and so you know so so take two percent of 300 hours right that's pretty much missing missing one day so we have to be really careful about you know attendance and attitude and we actually rank people on you know kind of a six sigma matrix in our brick and mortar so it's, it's attendance it's work ethic it's attitude it's coursework it's willingness to work with others i can't remember the sixth one but we really do. That allows us to be really transparent with our employer partners. So, so what we have, it's a website um, that we're building out. It's called HireDieselMechanics.com, and that has the students, it has their picture, it has their certifications that they've, that they've gotten while they've gotten in the program, and it has their resume. And employers can just go there and really search for, you know, the, the, at least have a, a good idea of the kind of individual that they're going to be getting um, uh, to interview. Um, but that's been really that, that's been really effective too.
0: One of the things that um, you seem to have done is turn the whole learning process on its head. Um, you guys have a technology structure that I'd like you to talk about with regards to some of your mobile device elements of it. it obviously to be able to scale to replicate what you're doing in your Brick and mortar to the remote centers as well as your partners. It or it just seems like uh, you have to take advantage of it. But it's you have an underlying technology element to it that it would be good to talk about.
1: Sure. Well, I always thought it was funny because when when I would go to your traditional educational programs, I would see these kids like passed out asleep on their desks. Right. Well, wh- why would and I would think why would you take a, a kid who typically wouldn't almost guaranteed doesn't like a classroom and you make them sit in a classroom. Right. And, and it's, it's so, and really the, the, the elephant in the room here is that, you know, many of these programs out here, they would love to be exactly like ours. The difference is we don't take government money. Um, And so since these programs take a lot of what's called title four funding money, which are grants, ability to take and process student loans, they have to, our, offer programs of a certain amount of time, which is why they have to have so much classroom time, right? And so what we did was we just kind of turned it on its head and said, well, let, let's move the, the, the theory and the concepts portion of it online, and then let's focus 85% of the program on what these folks like, which is getting dirty, like hands-on stuff, like changing brakes and like diagnosing you know, a, a a fault code. And that's really what people like. So we, we, we adopted a, um, it's called an adaptive learning, um, adaptive learning system. It's produced by a partner company of ours, a great company called area nine Lyceum. And essentially what it does is, is it shortens the online learning time by as much as 50%, but it also increases, um, you know, knowledge and retention. So, you know, Again, if if I dropped a stack of diesel textbooks on your desk, you would be blown away. They're going to be 3,600 to 4,000 pages. Nobody reads that stuff, right? So what this system is, and it's powered by algorithms and all this stuff, it really learns people based on the questions it asks, and then it funnels them through areas that they're weak on and areas that they may already know. Maybe you went through a high school vocational program, and you're solid at electrical you're not going to get as much electrical because you've satisfied the system that you're good at electrical. But either way, and it's not it's not a penal thing, right? It's not a testing thing. It's it's as close to a tutor as you can get. But either way, nobody gets through the online portion of that curriculum without satisfying the platform that they understand the concepts. And typically, it will take an individual anywhere between 25 and 45 hours to get through that. So they do their... Their online stuff at home or on their own time. When they come to the shop, it's and, and this is the same everywhere, right? This is the same whether we embed in a company or one of our brick and mortars. They're going to spend maybe 30 to 45 minutes for a lecture launcher. Here's what we're doing for the day. Um, here's kind of a quick overview on what you learned online. Any questions? Okay, great. Let's go straight to the, straight to the trucks. And so our, our setup, our classrooms are right in the shop, I mean, they're just, they're, so if you need to illustrate a principle or you need to show something or you need to talk about, you know, a, a wheel in, you can just do it really quickly. Uh, but that, that's what we do, um, you know, on online. Um, and again, it's all driven by, I don't know that any of us really, if asked, like to sit in a classroom, right? People learn by doing. And so we just do, we just, it's
0: just drill, drill, drill. Mm-hmm. So, Tim, let me see if I can, if I got this straight you 've got this online platform that also has a mechanism that does some kind of customization perspective where it knows by either what you're asking or what you're what you're reporting on um, or your answers to specific questions it It identifies your uh, strengths and weaknesses in a particular topic based on Having access to all this this uh, all these materials and and um, uh, training manuals and everything else and based on your on what you know it teaches it, it teaches you less of that and identifies your your weaknesses and puts more material associated with your weaknesses in front of you so that you learn more about that is that right
1: that's pretty darn good yeah yeah that that, that that's that's pretty good yeah uh-huh that's it
0: Wow, that's pretty extraordinary by itself. So, <laughs> I know. So, yeah. so, so being able to scale is based on being able to say to anybody, irrespective of where you start, we are in 12 weeks, you will be at this end point because our online training that customizes itself to your weaknesses and strengths We'll get you up to speed on the things that you don't know as quickly as we can, and w- and and we'll drill the heck out of you at the on the shop floor to show you the application of what you're learning.
1: I think the important thing is though is that every once in a while we'll run into a challenge where somebody may be really good on the online portion, but they just don't have that mechanical ability, right? And it, it just happens every once in a while. Like, and, and, we, and, and again, this is why, and, and we, you know, pretty much in our program, and this is also different the way, the, the way a lot of schools run too, is if someone decides after six weeks of the program, and this rarely happens, but, but we make it available. This just isn't for me. I don't want to do this they just go right and we don't we don't send them a bill or we don't do anything like that because why would we want to take someone who's come through the program and doesn't want to do this and place them with a company where they're going to probably fail with the company right so we have to make sure that people the hands-on portion is really where the rubber meets the road right that's really and sometimes And we've had kids like this too. I'm 51. I can call everybody a kid. You know, sometimes we've, we've had kids who we've said, and we've got one going through here right now. Great kid. I love this kid. Uh, But he just wasn't ready. And so we just sat him down and said, you got to come back for six more weeks. We just, we're, 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 we're not comfortable placing you with a company until we feel confident that you you know you can do what you need to do because i mean this is a dangerous business right i mean you know you drop a jack jack stand or i mean somebody can get hurt or killed so we got to be super super careful that anybody that we place out there there's really three elements a they everybody no exceptions have to complete 100% of the coursework b you have to you have to visually satisfy our instructors that you can perform the tasks that are in our curriculum and there's about 420 tasks right and C, and this is a little bit more nebulous or nuanced, our instructors have to say, I would hire you to work in a shop, right? And so nobody leaves our program who isn't ready to leave the program.
0: Wow. Uh, one of the things that this, this customized approach that you're taking at the either the brick and mortar or otherwise That approach kind of also helps those who have this, and and I've known and I've talked to many of these guys who have this innate ability to understand things just simply by looking at them. And they've they've always been good at everything that they've ever done, but they don't have all the certifications and all the bells and whistles on being able to uh, point to somebody and say, I've done all these things, trust me. It seems to me that you have the ability to reverse engineer that and basically put a put a, a a stamp of approval on somebody like that and be able to give that person an avenue to all the, the opportunities that you guys make available. Well, I'm, I'm I, rather than rather than state it and assume it, I'll let you. I'll, I'll make that a question. And am I correct in that?
1: Yeah, that, that, that's correct, and I mean, we, we kind of laugh about it, and we laugh about this with a lot of companies we meet with. Some of the worst technicians on the world have every certification on the planet, right, because they're good test takers. They're good readers, right? Um, I, I think we'd be kidding ourselves if, if we thought that, that you know, um, that uh, some of the folks who come into this business, reading just isn't their thing. Reading comprehension isn't their thing. But you could give them any mechanical problem on the planet, and they'll fix it. They'll solve it, right? And so that's really why it's so important that we have kind of the two the two prong piece, right? We have the online courseware, which again is very it's very non threatening. We're not throwing a, a thirty six hundred page textbook in front of them. We're saying, answer these questions. The ones that you get wrong, the system will take you back to that content immediately to remediate. Oh, and you're not going to get through that section. Until you've, you've answered that question in another form, and you're probably going, not even going to know you've answered that question in another form, right? But the real key is the hands-on piece. That's the real key.
0: I love the, 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 the word package, find, vet, train, and place. That brings everything into very, very clear terms with regards to the benefit that you bring to an employer, um, can you speak to a little bit of that, that fine vet train and place?
1: Well, I, I got to tell you, it, it drives me a little crazy because the hilarious thing is, is like Chris and I, my business, we, we compliment each other br- brilliantly, right? Like I'm I'm a non mechanical guy. He is not a wordsmith guy, but doggone it, he came up with fine vet train place, right? So, but I mean, I think here's the real key. This is the real key to the skilled labor shortage, right? It's, it's the training is the easy part. It's the finding that's the hard part. And that's the problem is so many schools and companies, they do, passive, they do what we call passive recruiting. They put a billboard up on a highway that says, change your future by going to Columbus State Community College. What the heck does that tell you, right? It tells you nothing. So what we do when we recruit, and it's whether it's a school, it's whether our brick and mortar, or whether for a partner, we, we actively recruit, right? We actively recruit on social media, and we figured out exactly the demographics to target, um, the likes that these people have, and we go at them with a very defined message of if you do this, you will be able to do this, right? It's not the you know. Um, discover your future at community college X. So, so the real key is the finding and, and I'm telling you straight up, the real key too is it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the paid training piece of it. Right? Like, I mean, and I, this is what we say to companies everywhere. Like it is the best investment you will ever make right? And sometimes it's so hard for companies, some of them to get their arms around it. But, and, and there, there, there's some decent research, actually good, real good research that support, supports this. I guarantee it's the same for every skilled trade. Every day you don't have a working diesel technician in your shop, you're losing $1,200 in revenue, guaranteed. And and that's usually on the low end. It could be three to $4,000 of revenue, right? But the finding is the is the hard part. The training is the easy part. And um, when you when you advertise paid training, right? I'll tell you right now, we are um, we'll go into a town and partner with a company and offer paid training and recruit specifically for that company. We'll have 150 applications in two weeks most of them really good. That's the key.
0: That's great. Ultimately, I saw another number on your, uh, I, I, don't, I have no idea where, where I saw it, but maybe it was in the article for the Star Truck uh, situation where I think you said there are 178 um, training programs in colleges, community colleges and, and vocational schools for uh, diesel uh, technicians and there's and each class is putting out about 10 per, per class, and that's no way to close the skills gap. The only way to, to solve it is what you guys are doing, as far as I can tell.
1: This is something that, I mean, we, we've probably done more research on this than most academics in the United States, is that, is that th- there are about 5,000 new diesel technicians produced every year, right? And meanwhile, if you go to Indeed right now and just go, just go to Indeed.com and just put in Diesel Technician United States or Diesel Mechanic United States, you're probably going to have between fourteen and 16,000 openings. The problem with that is, is that Indeed, we think Indeed is maybe. It's maybe. Uh, you know, the, the true number is two to three times what Indeed says. So we think the true number no- – because not every company posts. Some companies post – you know, one ad when they really have four positions. We really think the true number of openings in the US right now is at least fifty to sixty thousand. And US schools are producing five thousand. And and the problem is is that is that with even, you know, the industry's growing about twelve percent a year. It it may slow down, right? But 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 by two thousand twenty five there will be more diesel technician openings than working technicians. And that is a nightmare for the industry companies are going to go out of business, wages are going to go through the roof, which is really good if you're working in the field, right? Which is, again, like why it's a great job to be in. We talk to companies, I'm talking major U.S. brand companies who we've all heard of, they adjust salaries three and four times a year now because the labor market is so tight for these folks. And I think the other challenge, and I've lived this world, I've been to hundreds of community colleges, many with auto programs, many with auto and truck programs, is that your, 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 your community college graduation rate overall is about 25%. In, in these fields, it's probably 5 to 10% because they all take electrical and then they drop out and they go to work because they don't like being in a classroom, right? Why, why, why would they have to be in a classroom if, if they can go make money? And that's, that's one of the real challenges with today's current educational system. But, but I'll just keep talking to me. But you know, back to your find vet train place. But yes, yeah, so you know, we find people with the right attitude and aptitude. We put them through a very light mechanical entry level training. We vet them with their character. We make sure they're that you know they've got a good character. They've got a good work ethic. Um, uh, they're doing this for the right reasons. They want to be here, and then we place them in a, in a job with the company.
0: Employers typically have some metrics that they determine or they define what how and why they're going to make certain types of investments and if we're talking about a prospective employee, they look in terms of the cost of bringing them on board the training if they're bringing somebody that has to be brought uh, ramped up, and then ultimately the retention rate you know how do we how do we measure the The six month, twelve month, nine months, however it is, can tell me about retention rates based on the the history that you have this two year history of putting people placing people um, with these employers. What does that look like?
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question, right? And so um, there's two things. Number one, we, we just feel that 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 employers these days. They just have no choice but to grow their own technicians. There really is no other choice, right? I, I, I spoke at a conference um, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not picking on job boards. I think job boards are very uh, you know they're, they're 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 beneficial, right? So I, I and it was a, it was probably 35 human resource managers. I said, hey, how many you post your technician openings on you know job board X? And every hand went up. And I said, well, how many? How effective is that for you? How many find success in using job board X? all the hands went down and I'm going, well, why are you, why, why are you wasting your money? Um, you know, putting your jobs out there. So I think that's, 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 it's all about the finding piece. Now the, here's the really interesting on the retention piece, right? So, and again, I'm, I'm focusing on, I'm focusing on our, our, um, our brick and mortar, but I can talk about star truck rentals too. Um, but, but for our brick and mortar students, like I said, there's two types of students there. There's, freedom, meaning they, they pay their own way or there's free. They don't pay anything, but there are strings attached, right? So we place them with an employer and then in exchange for that, they commit to working for that employer for a minimum of a year. Okay. So, um, but the interesting thing is, is that um, and then you know as we've kind of morphed the business we've kind of done some stuff in between you know we, we we've tested some different stuff out but the the number that we can tell you is is that for for students who come through our program that we've called free agents right let's just say they stroke a check for the cost of the program they're free agents they can go work wherever they want the one year retention rate is thirty five percent because there's such a competition for these guys they get some experience somewhere. A shop down the street offers them $2 an hour more, they're gone. And I can't say that I blame them. Now, the second, the second student is the student who has been sponsored by a particular employer, right? And our retention rate for those people, and we're not perfect, right? And people make dumb decisions, but, but our retention rate, our one year retention rate in, in Model B is between 85 and 90%. And I can give an example. Well, I won't name the company, but I can give an example of a, a you know a company who I literally just talked to their HR manager. Um, we we did a class for them pushing a year ago. There were 13 people in the class. Um, again, th- this was completely company funded. Company funded paid training, um, the whole deal. Eleven out of 12 of those people are still there.
0: There's a commitment and requirement. On the part of the employer and or remote partner to deliver on their end of the bargain with regards to the overall training that you're providing and if the that employer or uh, partner doesn't isn't prepared to do those things, then it reflects very poorly on the output of the outcome based on irrespective of how great you guys on the front end or your platform. You can You don't get the results. So, what are those requirements that you pose to your prospective uh, partner and/or employers, so that, that that's on the
1: table as well? What we ask and require of uh, partners, right, is that there's a you know there's a there's a a space to work in, right? And typically that's you should see some of the implementations we've done, but you know typically that's 25 to to 3,000 square feet. That there's some type of a classroom area. That there's, um, tools outfitted for, you know, working on this particular vehicle. And there's a, there's always a vehicle there. And you'll laugh. Like, um, we did an implementation with a very large company, um, and we couldn't get a consistent truck for these guys to work on. And this was an embedded situation. And, you know, so I, I think it really goes back to everybody in the organization has to be bought into what we're doing, right? And, In this particular instance, a service manager was just busy doing, I get it, right? He was just busy doing his regular job. He just didn't want to be hassled with helping our instructor and helping the, uh, the students have a truck every day to work on. So those are really the four, the four, the, there, you know, it's facility space, it's tools, it's a truck, it's air and power, right? And then our side, we provide the recruiting, the screening, Obviously, the system that we've developed, the online system, the curriculum, the day-to-day lesson plans, if we need the day-to-day lesson plans, and then kind of ongoing consultation. And what we also provide on our side is, is we really have almost two different layers of support. We have what I would call kind of like shop support, which is, is your shop set up to most effectively meet the training needs, right? And that's kind of my business partner, Chris's area of expertise. But then we also have a program management side of it, like, is the program running smoothly? Are there any academic issues or are there any quality of education issues? Or is the instructor having any challenges in terms of teaching that we also very closely monitor? And the beautiful thing about we what we do is is that – you know, we can we, we can stay for an extended time. We can do five or six different classes. Or if maybe something's not working out or we need to take a pause, we can just kind of shut down and go away for a while. So th- there's so much flexibility that we don't have to really worry a ton about, um, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, we're locked in here for two years and things aren't going well. Um, the way that we structure our deals is, is that, If we're not doing our job get rid of us Um, if you're not holding up and holding up your end of the bargain we're probably going to do the same thing so everything has to align in that regard
0: what you just said implies one distinction that i did i hadn't made in my mind um, but you answered the question anyway which is um, in the embedded type of deployment it's not a train the trainer you bring your own educator to the 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 trainer to the facility you're responsible for the training um, and you're not imparting that that knowledge to somebody else on that um, in that in that facility it's a it would be more in terms of your partner facilities where you're training the trainer and those are employees of that other partner is that correct
1: We, we do all the above, right? So it, it, we, we believe, we, we believe very strongly that the best trainers are for our embedded, uh, when we embed inside of a company, they're in that company, right? Again, they know the company culture. They know the company system. So, so we do a train the trainer. Yeah. And that's a requirement. They have to come to Columbus. We do a four day pretty intensive train the trainer and then we kind of monitor. Now in a situation where they don't, um, they don't have a trainer, we'll source one. We'll put them through a train-the-trainer, and then we'll monitor closely. And then we're also, you know, kind of version two is, is, is hiring uh, basically full-time trainers that we can deploy as needed. Got it, got
0: it. So uh, in my, my earlier description was incorrect. So it is a train-the-trainer, you monitor, and you partner yep. on that basis. Very good. Yep, Okay. yep, 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 yep. Okay, boy. Um, I've exhausted my array of questions and thoughts on the on on the issues. Um, I seriously, Tim, I think this program deserves its time in the sun, Uh, not to shoot it, 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 not to shoot you full of sunshine. I'm telling you, this is um, unlike. And I've had the pleasure of talking to a whole bunch of folks. Um, I think you guys got it right. You are solving the problem directly, hitting the, going to the heart of the matter, and basically eliminating all the friction, uh, which was yeah. either programs that don't work, um, skill sets that don't apply to the real world, um, you know, any of the any of the things that cause. Programs to fall apart, then you just bring it down to the individuals and the employers, and you've got a kind yeah. of a matchmaking service there as well. So it yeah. um, it 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 fits very nicely on a lot of different levels.
1: Well, I appreciate that, and I mean, I think the, you know a couple things that I'll add, kind of in closing, is that you know that that that's the nice thing is that you know we're, we're so nimble that we can quickly pivot to address any um You know nuances, or um, you know a situation that we need to to address. But he, here's the fun thing about this business, right? Is that we literally feel like that we've kind of figured out the old three-legged stool. We 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 solve a huge problem for workforce, right? For the industry, like we, we you know we're pumping talent, hundreds of people a year. Very soon will be thousands of people a year into the business. And you know what Chris always says is. The, 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 our strategy is to flood the market with with C-level technicians, right? Um, secondly, it is so fun seeing someone who came to our program and it had eight different jobs and was making $12 an hour that in a year, and I'm using a specific example, in a year, um, he's making $23 an hour at one of the best diesel shops in Columbus, right? I mean, that's like real life-changing stuff. Um, and then third, we we have a profitable business. So, uh, you know, we, we really do feel like that, that we, we've – and again, we don't take anything for granted. I mean, this is a 24-7, 365 endeavor. We don't take anything for granted. So, you know, we know that we're not perfect and we work every day to get better. But I think that we've definitely we definitely have the, the most um, critical elements identified and mostly figured out
0: i I would agree with you from what I can see that's uh, and you've got the proof you know you've got the right. employers basically telling you the, the the product you're putting out these folks who have who walk in with no skills twelve weeks hence have the skills we desperately need, we, um, and we want more, that's, that's the proof yeah. in the pudding, right?
1: You, you completely, I mean, we, 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 we have completely validated our educational model. I mean, the fact that we have dozens of people in two years working at the best truck dealer groups on the planet um, is really gratifying. And you're, you're exactly right. But again, it's like a meal, right? You get good ingredients, you have a good chef and a good cooking process, and you're going to come out with, with, with a good meal. And that's exactly the way that we look at things. If, if we start out with people who want to be there, we put them through a very organized, rigorous program, um, they're going to come out good on the other end, and that's what we found. That's great. All right. Well, um, I close every
0: conversation with one question, and I'd like to pose that question to you. Shoot. So, All right. So... Uh, Tim, what would you tell your younger self? What would you what advice would you give your younger self to either learn or avoid altogether? It can be in your career or your personal life.
1: Wow, And I'm sure everybody always says that. Uh, that's a really good question. I think that I would tell my younger self to believe in myself, and take more risks, yeah, I, I, I really do. I think that I think that um, you know as a, as a as a youngster or a young professional, a lot of times I just didn't have that self-confidence that I needed, and um, it really took me uh 25 years, right, to develop that. I always tell people like I, I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was forty eight years old. Um, but yeah, I I would just say, um, you know, believe in yourself and, um, uh, take more risks and just know that if you work hard and you do the right thing, everything will work out in the long run and take a long run approach to everything.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Tim tell us about the American Diesel Training Centers and learning about their training program. You have to admit that their model should be looked at seriously to see how it could be replicated and modified to impact the other skilled trades across the U.S. Well, please feel free to send me any of your comments or any ideas on how I can improve the skilled trades playbook on Twitter to at AYBCareers or send me an email directly to J-C-A-R-O-S-S-O at atyourbest.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you can continue receiving the future episodes of my conversations with folks sharing their candid insights and opinions on the skilled trades and on closing the skills gap. Thanks a lot. Have a good one.